2: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Thursday. It is January 16th. It's 2020. we got five basketball games that we're going to talk about here on today's slate. We're also going to talk about the two-game football slate for Sunday. So, going to get some basketball talk, some football talk, some fun stuff. We'll find out um, who's heading to the Super Bowl this weekend. So, we'll break all that stuff down. I'm joined by my good buddy, Kyle Murray. Um, you know, you're not playing in the Super Bowl, are you? <laughs> Nope, no, nope, not not quite. But maybe next year, right? It's, it seems like the uh, sophomore quarterbacks have been going off. So, second year quarterback—that's what I'll be next year. So you never know. You know, I, the jokes are never going to get old. Like I, I have a new one every every <laughs> every time you come on. Um, I, I'm on it. Like I got this. So they probably get really old for the listeners at this point. But you know, so who knows? Anyway, let's talk some NBA. You know, we don't have any Vegas totals out. Zero Vegas totals out um, as we're recording or starting to record here. A lot of question marks, a lot of people, you know. There's a couple back-to-backs, too, or some injuries that we'll, we'll cover as we're going here. But let's get started here at Phoenix at New York, taking on the Knicks. Um, for the Phoenix side, Oubre and Kaminsky are both out. On the Knicks side, Marcus Morris, Nick Lakina are questionable. And DSJ is out. Um, you know, here with Phoenix, obviously it sounds like Rubio is going to be back. You know, that was a personal thing, but you know, he's back and expected to play here. Uh, but Ubre being out obviously frees up a bunch of minutes here. What are we looking at here for Phoenix? Yeah. So Rubio is back after,
3: I I believe it was a birth of a child. So he's a dad now. So maybe we got that new dad narrative. Um, so yeah, Ubre out could mean, you know, a few additional minutes for guys like Bridges and Cameron Johnson. We actually saw them step up last game and play, you know, a significant amount of minutes. If you were in a Kobo uh, roster like myself, that was kind of tilting because those guys kind of soaked up some of these wing minutes and they kind of let Booker run the point. So we saw Cameron Johnson play 25 minutes last game. I would assume he'd be around there. Ure's a guy who, who plays a ton of minutes. So he played 38 last game. He got hurt right or concussed right at the end of the game. So 38 last game, 40 in the game before that. So he's a guy who plays, plays a ton of minutes, so some minutes should be opened up here. And, and for me, Bridges and Cameron Johnson stand out as guys who are will who get the first crack at soaking those up. Um, one guy I, I do want to keep my eye out on, he's been t- really tough to project minutes-wise because he was a guy who was playing a ton of minutes early in the year and has really slowed down after returning from an injury, but that's Dario Saric got back into the starting lineup um last game so that's something to monitor he only played 19 minutes but maybe with uber out it's a good chance for him to uh to, you know maybe get a few extra minutes he's a guy who, who's done pretty well in the minutes that he's gotten over the course of the year over the course of his career really 3,800 on DraftKings could be someone to monitor if he's back in the starting lineup It's first game of the slate so we'll know that news for sure so he might be a guy who could be pretty sneaky
2: yeah, like you said, Oubre, um got hurt really late in that game, um, and it was, um, I forget who it was, it was um, Ty Jerome who checked in for him, yeah. but the game was, it was pretty much over um, yeah. when he got concussed in that game, so. Um, you know, when we're looking at it, so like if I'm using court IQ and I'm taking Ubre and I'm taking Kaminsky off the floor, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm putting Devin Booker on the floor. So I have a more realization of what we're looking at and like you could put Booker and Rubio on the floor, but you're only going to get like a 66 minute sample size uh, when you do that. But. What we're seeing here with Uber out the floor, DeAndre Aiden has a really nice usage and point per minute. Um, and then you know, Dario Sarge, the guy that you were just talking about, um, he sees an increase of 4% and 0.3 uh, fantasy points per minute, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's really a lot. Um, he's averaging 1.17 fantasy points per minute. So I think Dario Sarge is a fantastic tournament play on this slate. I don't know if I trust him. As far as cash games go, even if he is in the starting lineup, um, just because his minutes have not, he just hasn't been playing a ton of minutes. So right. um, I think this is a good spot to potentially look at Booker, but like Ricky Rubio has 7,200 here against the Knicks. Like I think he's a guy that you really want to be looking at here, uh, especially with Oubre out. Bridges, maybe um, with Oubre out, Bridges probably plays like 35 minutes in this game and he's 4,500. He's another guy you can't really trust, but. Yeah, you know, we're we're playing some tournaments on this five game slate, so let's yeah. take some shots. Um, as far as the Knicks go, like I think the Marcus Morris news matters. Um, you know, like he's a guy that plays thirty to thirty five minutes a night. So with him out here recently, um, you know, he's we we've seen the minutes kind of go to like guys like Bobby Portis and some of these other guys. What are you looking at here for the Knicks?
3: Yeah, I think if Morris is out, uh, it'll open up some more shots, and more usage for a guy like RJ Barrett who. He's um, played pretty well over the last two games. So, you know, the minutes have been really solid. Uh, 32, 40, and then 33 over the course of the last three games. So he's someone that I would have a pretty good amount of interest in. We know this matchup with the with the Phoenix Suns is a pretty good one. If They're top 10 in pace. Um, you know, we saw, we've seen guys get after them, especially guards uh, against the Suns recently. So I think he'd be a pretty strong play. Julius Randle is a guy that, People kind of uh, looked away from last game against the Bucs, and with Morris off the floor, if he is to sit again, they could be another really strong play. You know, he played 27 minutes in the blowout game against the Bucs last game, and he just went off 25 points, um, nearly 50 DraftKings points. So, a big game for him. So, I I would probably be looking at Julius Randle again here, um, whether Marcus Morris is in or out. It is a pretty good matchup, especially if he's going to be able to see some DeAndre in defense. So, that's that's always a good spot for the opposing. Um, big men so i think randall and rj barrett would be the main you know guys that i would be looking at with a little bit of interest in alfred payton as well if we see guys like uh nilakina sideline once again i believe dennis smith jr is out gonna be out for a while so um if nilakina sits again then you can go back to payton i know i i played him in that last game against the bucks he, he he was kind of struggling couldn't really make any shots and then he got ejected so you know hopefully people will look at that score line and they'll, and they'll kind of look away from him but Overall, he is a pretty good fantasy player, um, can can do multiple different things, you know, pass, rebound, and score a little bit. And obviously, if Morris is off the floor, if he's injured and out again, that, that could open up some more shots and a good matchup. So those would be the main three for me.
2: Yeah, ever since the new coach has kind of taken over for the Knicks, like R.J. Barrett's minutes have been... I don't think he's played under... under I think he played 25 minutes one game, but outside of that, I think he's played 27-plus in every game with the new coach. So in the 25-minute game, If I remember correctly, they were blowing out Portland and he didn't have to come back in the fourth. But so RJ Barrett at 5,900, I think he's a guy that's really interesting here. Phoenix allows, you know, they're in the top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing shooting guards, high usage shooting guards. And like we've seen like double digit shot attempts now. I think it's 12 straight games for RJ Barrett. So I think he's another guy that you kind of look at here. Um, You know, at 5,900, he's not the cheapest. Maybe he's cheaper on FanDuel or on Yahoo, but he's a guy that I have my eye on here. Um, I love the Julius Randle call. Like, the Julius Randle call, if Marcus Morris is out, Julius Randle gets a bump in fantasy points per minute. He gets a bump in points, rebounds, everything um, across the board. So, usage goes up. So, I really like the Julius Randle call. And outside of that, like, I'm with you on Elf. Um, He's strictly tournaments. Like, he's a guy that in any matchup can go out and put up 40 fantasy points. So, like, he's just a guy that if you're playing tournaments, um, you just have to have interest in. And if Morris sits again, man, I think Bobby Portis is definitely in play at 4,500 for tournaments. Yeah, definitely, especially um,
3: if it's a game where – sorry. But if it's a game okay. where you know, the game kind of gets out of control, they've seen – you know, we've seen the the next – they're a bad team. So, they, they've they seen, you know, the willingness to throw Portis out there in games that are kind of out of control. So, I, I like the Portis call as well.
2: Utah at New Orleans. Uh, no total on this one. Mike Conley's out, Drew Holiday's out, Darius Miller is out, JJ Reddick is questionable, Kendrick Williams is out, and Zion Williamson, who we got a date finally. He's gonna be back yeah. here soon. Um, but he's out for this one. Let's start here with um the Utah side of things, you know. When you're looking at this spot, like this is a really interesting like game for me because I worry about it blowing out. I will say that. But, like, if this game doesn't blow out, this game could be really juicy for fantasy purposes. So, start right here with Utah. Uh, what do you like here? Yeah, I do think that it is an advantage for
3: DFS purposes that New Orleans is at home. Obviously, you know, maybe the game could stay a little bit closer due to the Pelicans being the home team here. But I will say Donovan Mitchell, I think, is a stone-cold lock um, on Fando. I think he's probably going to be the top – cash play of the day on Fanduel, where his price has for some reason gone down to 6,600. So, you know, that's almost a thousand dollar decrease from his last uh, his last game. So the pricing here is just way, way too low on Mitchell. Um, On DraftKings, maybe a little bit different of a story, but, you know, we've seen this happening a lot on Fanduel recently where, you know, guys have a, you know, a couple bad games and they they get a pretty steep uh, price drop. So I think Mitchell's probably the lock of the day for me over on Fanduel. I think he's a really strong play on DraftKings too. Um, The pricing just isn't as good. But, you know, it is a really good matchup. They should be, you know, up in pace a little bit here, especially if Derek Favors is out again. Um, with Favors out, they actually play a lot faster. Um, with favors He's probable
2: for what it's worth.
3: Okay, so I, I would still like these guys here. It, was, it would have been a nice little a little bump here for the for the Jazz. But mainly it's just Mitchell for me. I think there are some, you know, reasons to go to, to a guy like Rudy Gobert, um, who obviously had a massive game against Brooklyn. But my main interest is in Mitchell and then – you could play a guy like Joe Ingles, who has just been a monster over the last two games. But for me, in general, it's just going to be Donovan Mitchell and a lot of interest in Donovan Mitchell.
2: Yeah, like Donovan Mitchell, obviously, he is the play here. Um, Rudy Gobert is fine. Like, you know, when we're looking at the slate. Obviously, we have Jokic. Um, we have Vooch. We have Harrell. um, you know, we have the – we don't really like – that you know, DeAndre Ayton, I guess, is another guy. But, like, we don't have, like, a stone-cold lock center play on this slate. um So, like, I think that Rudy Gobert, if you have the salary and you want to pay up, like, this is a spot, you know, he should go 45-plus. He's gone 45-plus in four straight games. So, I, I you know, you're paying up for the raw points instead okay. of, like, the – the six and seven X. Um, Yeah. Jingles, man. Um, I was watching a broadcasting and I, and um, they were calling him jingles and like that. I'm never calling him Joe Ingles ever again. Like that's the last time I call him that. So, um, you know, Bogdanovich has been consistent this season. I just don't love the price Clarkson. You know, he has quarters where he goes out, like pretty sure he had 16 fantasy points in the first um, half and put up 18 fantasy points in the night. So, but, yeah, with Mike Conley out, Jingles has been playing, you know, some point guard minutes for sure. Uh, Moodyer's minutes have just kind of gone away with Ingles playing so well. So, for me, you know, it's Mitchell, Gobert if you want to play up, my boy Jangles. Uh, but, yeah, I don't. Uh, outside of that, I don't really love anything here. I like the other side of this game. You know, we have Drew out. You know, Miller's out. Reddick's questionable. Williams out. Like, a lot of missing pieces here. Ingram's coming back in this game. He's probable for this one um it was just soreness I don't really expect him to be limited here but if this game stays close he just put up 56 fantasy points and took 26 shots against this team with him missing the other night like I feel like people are going to be scared especially if that red Q tag stays next to his name here for a little while yeah I love Ingram
3: here as well you know I'm not really scared of this matchup like you mentioned um they just he just you know faced these guys a week ago or so and had a monster game but uh Again, this is more of a Fandle-specific play because the price on Lonzo Ball on DraftKings is up near 7 seven nine eight k pretty much on DraftKings. But on Fandle, he's only 6500 So I think it's an opportunity to take advantage of that. He's probably going to be pretty popular uh, on this slate. But I think it is a really strong play over on Fandle. That price is just way too cheap, especially with Holiday out again. Going to continue to play a ton of minutes. And over and over again, we see him produce when he's on the floor for a extended amount of time. So obviously, it's hard to expect. And so he played 45 minutes last game. That was an overtime game. So it's hard to expect him to play 40 minutes again, but I think 35 is very reasonable. Um, So yeah, I think he's a really strong play. And for me, I don't think I'm going to be messing around with, you know, guys like Josh Hart or, or Alexander Walker. I would prefer Josh Hart. Um, I think this is a a day where we go a little bit more balanced and kind of uh, ignore some of these really high end studs. But um, I I do think if, if I had to choose between those two, it'd be Josh Hart. I think he's an okay option. I don't really love any of the value on the slate. It's kind of a weird day. So um, I'm preferring the the mid tier and on especially if you're playing on FanDuel where I do play most, guys like Mitchell and, and Ball are just way too cheap. That's kinda of where you're finding your value these days. So um that's just one quick note about FanDuel.
2: If you're playing on FanDuel, it's just it's a you can play whoever you want. Um that's yeah. that's the salary cap over there. Play whoever you want. Which is fine. If they're gonna be consistent with it, it's fine. I have no issues with it. You know, you gotta adjust. Like if you don't adjust, you're gonna lose money. So yeah. Um, as far as like you were talking about with the Pelicans, like you know, Melly had a big game. Um, Okafor had a big game last time out. Favors is expected back here. Um, you know that that hurts one of those guys, and then Ingram expected back hurts the other one. So like, I just don't expect those guys to play in the mid thirties minutes. Um, if Favors sits, you know, I think you could potentially take a shot on Okafor, but there's a good chance that either him or Hayes gets in quick foul trouble against um, Gobert and, you know, one of those guys does well. But, you know, for me, it's Ingram. Um, I like the Lonzo Ball call. I'm with you on DraftKings. It's really tough to play him on DraftKings, but if you can play him on FanDuel, it's fine with me. Uh, moving on, we got Boston at Milwaukee. There was a total out for this game. It was pulled down after the Boston game. Um, Jason Tatum, we're going to put him as questionable. Um, and then Jalen Brown hurt his um, thumb during the game. Um, played like, I think he ended up playing like 37 minutes, but he sprained his thumb. So we're going to put him as questionable as well. Um, I didn't see that they were going to not play him, but um, we're going to put him as questionable. And then Milwaukee's good to go. Nobody's out here. Um, let's start here with Boston, back-to-back going into Milwaukee. Um, have fun with that one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely a tough spot.
3: Um, This one is going to depend on, you know, obviously the, the the availability of these guys that are injured. Um, I know Daniel Tice was back in the lineup in last night's game, and he had a pretty strong game in, in 27 minutes. So I think he could be a decent value option uh, in this one where they're probably going to need some size, especially with the, with the help of defending Giannis. But, yeah, you kind of mentioned it. It's tough. Um, again, FanDuel, Kemba Walker, 6,700, a little too cheap over there. So you could definitely go back to him. He's really struggled was chalk uh, in the last game and kind of busted, so people might shy away from it. But I think the price is still too cheap over there on on Kemba. Um, But, yeah, other than that, not a whole lot of interest in the Boston side for me, unless, obviously, if we see Tatum and Brown both out, um, things could definitely change, and obviously minutes will open up and maybe a guy like Gordon Hayward who had a a pretty strong game in that game against the Pistons. So it's going to depend on injuries for me uh, for this game.
2: Yeah, if Jalen Brown sits in this game, like, he missed the first time, like, these two teams played, and Gordon Hayward, I think, put up, like, 40 or 50 fantasy points. Um, Kimball Walker has done really well in paced-up spots this season. Like, you know, you can go and look at your game log, and you can look at the games that have been at faster paces, and you could see yeah. that Kimba's done really well in fast-paced games, and, like, Milwaukee plays at the fastest pace in the NBA. I don't think people realize that, like, Obviously their you know their defensive rating is number one as well. So like you're not getting like this amazing bump, but you are playing at a much faster pace and like a guy like Kimba, um, you know, we're seeing him do really well in these pace up spots. So like I like Kimba here a lot. I like Gordon Hayward a lot in this spot if Jalen Brown sits. Um and obviously I like both of those guys. Like I would play Kimba and Hayward if Tatum and, and Brown both sit in this game. So Assuming that you know Boston doesn't roll anybody out here for a back-to-back in general, so um, the other guy that I don't hate here is Cantor, but the problem that I have with Cantor is just you know the minutes um, with Tice being back, so I just don't know if I can end up pay- playing paying the price for him. I like the matchup, but I just don't see myself using him price-wise. Um, on the Buck side of things, like if this game stays close, when you're looking at this slate overall, like it's it's Giannis it's Kawhi it's Jokic as your three like top end stud plays um you know there's obviously builds that you could use one of these guys on Fandle you could probably use two of these guys if you really wanted to um what's your thoughts here when it comes to Giannis yeah I think Giannis is probably the top stud of the day
3: I did mention I kind of like leaning towards a more balanced build I see a lot of lot of guys um like like an ingram like a booker that are are really good plays i think in that mid to you know kind of upper tier pricing so i think i like that build a little bit more so maybe i just have one of these studs in these lineups but i I do think i would prefer Giannis. obviously he's a little bit more expensive than than these guys like Kawhi and Jokic. but um yeah overall i do think i prefer the more balanced build but obviously he's he's a good play we saw what he did in what 20 minutes 21 minutes against the knicks 37 points nine rebounds so, obviously, you can do it against anybody in any amount of time. But uh, I do think the balance build is more for me. But I would probably prefer Giannis. He'd probably be the guy that I am trying to get in if I'm going a little bit more uh, stud uh, stars and scrubs kind of build.
2: Yeah, like, outside of that, like, I don't ever hate taking shots on Middleton. Um, I think Middleton would receive a bump here um, if Brown and Tatum sit. So, that's definitely something to kind of watch. Um, you know, I don't hate the spot for Bletso. He's up and down, but, like, this game should be competitive. Um, I know it is a back-to-back for Boston, and, like, Milwaukee blows everybody out at this point right now, but this game should be competitive. Um, I don't really see anything on the value side um, from the Milwaukee side that's standing out to me.
3: Yeah, I think the the only guy that I would have some interest in is Vincenzo. It just feels like his floor is pretty pretty strong around 20, and he does have some upside for more. Um, he'd be a guy who might – I'd probably be more, you know, less reluctant to play him on a slate like this where it's only five games rather than playing, playing him on like a larger slate. Uh, he does have the finger injury, but he's probable. So hopefully that's nothing too serious. Uh, the minutes have been you know, pretty up and down. I know he got banged up in the last game. It was in New York and then the blowout. So he only played 16 minutes, but he'll probably be around 23, 24. And he's a pretty good permanent guy, so he's probably the only guy that um, I could
2: really mention here for value. All right, moving on. We got Orlando at LA taking on the Clippers. It's back-to-back for Orlando. Um, Fournier missed Wednesday games, so we're going to put him as questionable. DJ Augustine is going for another MRI. I would put him more as the doubtful side. Um, I'm going to put Michael Carter-Williams on the doubtful side of things, too. We know Isaac's out. We know Aminu's out. um, And then on the Clippers' side, we already know that Paul George is not going to return for this one. So Let's start with the Magic. Obviously, Fournier missing um, Wednesday's game. awandu got the start for the Magic, and um, he's having he's having a game um, as we're recording this podcast. But it's it's always tough to record podcasts, um, you know, and talk about a team that's currently playing right now. But you know, let's start here with the Magic. Yeah, I think one guy that pops
3: out. Pretty, pretty quickly for me is Marco Fultz. He's also having a pretty good game right now. At halftime, he's got 10, 6, and 5 in a really tough matchup against the Lakers. So, you know, with, with no Fournier, with no uh, D.J. Augustine, no Michael Carter-Williams, it's really hard for them to to disperse backup point guard minutes, so he's probably going to be in a spot where he's going to be the main ball handler all game. So I think Fultz is, is really interesting. Um, and then some value. I think this is going to be a decent spot for value if these guys do sit um, with a one-do. He's at, at halftime, he's played 16 minutes, so, you know, maybe around 30, 32 minutes for a one-do there. And then maybe even a guy like B.J. Johnson, who I think they just picked up off the street, as far as I know anyway. Um, and he's having a pretty strong game as well, nine points at, at the half for the Magic. So maybe he gets in there for some more minutes. Um, but other than that, I think it's just mainly Terrence Ross. And then I actually really like Busevich uh, today. Uh, I think he's a pretty strong play. This this defense is pretty strong, uh, the Clippers defense that is, but I, I do think their weakness is is their size. Harrell is, you know, an undersized center uh zubach is kind of slow so there's a spot for vooch to kind of beat the defense here and he should be the go-to guy here so i think vooch is probably my favorite center of the day and then
2: uh, i really like folds today as well yeah bj johnson like i follow all the magic beat writers obviously i'm a magic fan it's no secret if you listen to this podcast he's been um doing really well in the g league so um doesn't shock me that he's having a decent game but it's so like the G League's so hard because like they don't play defense in the G League, yeah. Um, so like you never really know like what to expect when you're talking or looking at G League stats. Like I don't weigh them at all, uh, but he is a guy that's like averaging 35 minutes a night in the G League uh, for the Magic this season. So it's not like he hasn't been getting run like down there anyway. So yeah. um, I honestly I, I wish like I wish I was watching this game a little bit because like you know I is who's playing back a point guard um, tonight would be my question. Cause like, you know, they've been using some, you know, different guys each and every night. And like, just looking at, you know, the minutes right now, like, you know, Foltz has played 16 minutes, but you know, who's played the other minutes at a um, point guard. I don't know. Maybe it was BJ Johnson. Um, he's more of a shooting guard, but who knows? Um, but yeah, like we're going to have to watch the news here because, you know, it is a back-to-back Aaron Gordon's been banged up a lot this season. Um, so like, are they going to sit people? Is Fournier going to be back? Like, this is going to be one of those games you're going to have to watch the news because the Magic are playing really good defense this season. They don't typically get blown out by teams. And, you know, so I, even though it's a back-to-back, it's it's L.A. twice. Like, you know, they're playing the Lakers on Wednesday. They're not traveling at all. Obviously, they are playing a back-to-back. But, you know, we're going to have to watch the news here because – Awandu, Ross, all these guys would be very interesting value plays. Um, And we're kind of needing a little bit of value. We haven't talked about too many value plays today. Um, I I think it might be Ross that's running the backup point. He's played 15 minutes
3: up until halftime, so it looks like he's at least getting in there for the minutes. And I I would assume that he'd be the guy that's getting the the backup point guard minutes. And I would like him, if these guys are out, whether he's getting the point guard minutes or not, just because he's a nice scorer off the bench. But maybe it's him. We'll have to look into that.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. The Clippers side of things, like, you know, again, like we don't have a ton of studs on this slate. So like Kawhi going up against Orlando. Kawhi's put up at least 60 fantasy points in two of the last three games. Uh, what do you like in here for the Clippers? Yeah, Kawhi's just been a monster with, uh, with Paul George out over the past few
3: games. Um, you can definitely go back to Kawhi here. I think he's a nice play, especially on Fandle. The pricing's really nice for there. I think he's 10-1. So um, pretty nice price over there. I think he is a pretty strong play. I think I would prefer to get up. Yeah, he's actually 10-1 on DraftKings as well. So I think I'd prefer to get up to Giannis, but I do think he is a good play, even in a tough matchup here. Um, just going to come down to lineup construction, though, for me on Kawhi. But I do think I, I'm going to have a pretty good amount of interest in Lou Williams here. I'm assuming this game's going to stay closer than the game against Cleveland. We saw the Williams have a pretty, pretty solid game um, against Cleveland in that last one. So over the past six games, he's been over 21 points or more, and that's real points. So he's been uh, seeming to heat up a little bit. After you know struggling for it seemed like two weeks, so nice to see the Williams get uh, heating back up here. I think I like him over on Fando, sixty two hundred um, on DraftKings he's sixty nine hundred,
2: so I think he's a pretty solid play in this one. Quite you know thirty seven percent usage rate um, when Paul Jordan's off the floor this season, averaging one point six fantasy points per minute. Like, you know if you're if you're wanting to swerve like if 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 Boston rules a couple guys out, you know, obviously that game's going to be a lot easier to stack. I think a lot of people will end up more on that game too. Um, so like if you want to swerve, like, you know, I, I don't mind playing Kawhi, um, but I'm with you. I probably end up on Giannis more than I end up on Kawhi on this slate, but I don't think he's a bad play by any yeah. means. Um, you know, and, and Lou and, and Harold are both in play. I don't love, or I don't hate either one of those guys. Um, Pat Bev only played 23 minutes against Cleveland the other night. Uh, drew the start. Had almost a triple-double against them the other night. But, like, you know, I uh, just – it's it's tough to really love anything here um, outside of these top-end guys. Uh, just, you know, like <laughs> probably not going to catch me playing like Mo Harkless or any of these guys. Yeah. I'm right there with you. All right, Denver at Golden State. Um, Jamal Murray. I know he got hurt. Um, in the game on Wednesday and did not return to the game. They were, they were positive about the um, x-rays, but I I would be shocked if he plays in this game for what it's worth. Uh, so we're going to put him as questionable. We're going to put Gary Harris as questionable and we're going to put Paul Millsap as questionable, but there's a good chance that all three of those guys sit. Um, and then on the golden state side of things, uh, Jacob Evans got hit in the face with an elbow, so I'm going to put him as doubtful um, the other night. And then Looney's out. The thing about here with Golden State is I was reading the other day, Damian Lee um, will start – like, he's back up with the team. He signed his two-way deal. He's with – you know, he's he's good. Um, he signed a three-year deal with the Warriors. So, like, he's going to be back here. Um, he's been out – what was it, one game, two games? So he's going to be back and he's going to be starting. And then I read something the other day that Marquise Chris signed his two-year deal as well, or a two-way deal, and he's back. So, like, a little bit more depth added to the Golden State team here for this game. Um, Let's start here with Denver. I said it yesterday as like man Jokic and a smash spot love Jokic against Charlotte um every time I love Jokic he busts every time I love Nick um he busts so for me any like you guys should know by now like if I talk about Jokic and I like him you don't play him um what do you like here for Denver
3: yeah, if, I'm a, I'm gonna guess that Murray's out as well. He rolled his ankle and then he got actually carried off. So I'm gonna assume. I I guess the X-rays did come back in a good way, but I'm gonna assume he doesn't play here. So in in that case, I think Monty Morris is gonna be probably the top value play uh, of the day. He played 23 minutes in this one. They got pulled out pretty early. I think they got pulled out with like six minutes left in the game because of a blowout. So you know maybe he'd be he would have been around. 28 29 minutes if that game would have finished out in, in a close fashion not to say this game's going to finish out close at all against the the Warriors but he should start and he should you know be a probably the top value option of the day so he's someone to, to have some interest in Jokic, I think you can go here the you know, the real issue is blowout um I, I think the the Warriors are actually in a decent spot you know depth wise and with you know Damian Lee's been playing really well and then they got green back they got uh, he has a Russell back finally from the injuries, so this game might be closer than some would think. So I actually don't mind Jokic. Uh, I think he's probably my number two or number three center as of right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's mainly just those guys primarily. But you can take some shots on some value or some uh, some deeper guys here. I think Will Barton could be a pretty good play, and then Jeremy Grant is another guy who could have some value here if Paul Millsap sits again.
2: Yeah, so this is going to be one of those ones that, like, I'm going to have to go through game flow, see when P.J. Dozer got his minutes because, like, he was a guy that just got uh, recalled from the G League, and he played, like, 13 minutes. But, like, were those 13 minutes all in the second half when Jamal Murray got hurt? So, like, I'm going to have to look into this one um, because, like, he's a guy – I think he's 3K, like, bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Porter ended up playing 28 minutes. Like we've been waiting and waiting yeah. and waiting for Michael Porter Jr. to get minutes and like 28 minutes. Like I would have played him in every lineup um, had I known like we were going to see him play 28 minutes. But I like the Will Barton call. Monte Morris is the chalk value play on this slate if Jamal Murray doesn't play. He's getting a matchup against Golden State. Um, it's just one of those spots where I'm not even going to overthink it. I'm just going to play it. If it busts like Okobo, it busts. Like it is what it is. But yeah. Um uh, going to be looking into this game, kind of looking at the rotations that we saw uh, with Jamal Murray and Harris Harrison Millsap out, assuming that all three of those guys sit here um, on the golden state side, you know, I, I kind of talked about like this team getting a lot of these guys and depth back here. Um, you know, I, I think that I think Russell's interesting again, like he burned me really hard against Dallas um, on Wednesday and like, My boy, um, my boy Luca burned me bad and he has a triple double like in the third quarter (laughs) against the Kings tonight. So like, um, what are we looking at here with Golden State?
3: Yep. Um, I was all over the D'Angelo Russell train last game. You know, it was a good way to get contrarian, especially on His price was low, uh, seven, four in this one, tough matchup, but the matchup does get a little bit better with Gary Harris. If he does sit, he's a pretty good defender. Um, but. I mean, I think if you're going to play Jokic or maybe even if you're going to play Barton, uh, I think you have to have some interest in one of these Warriors guys because, you know, if Jokic is going to get there and win you a tournament, um, you've got to assume this game's going to have to stay close for him to get those minutes. Um, so I think the guy for me would be Russell or Draymond Green. And I think they're both okay. The pricing is definitely really nice on, on FanDuel. Uh, so I, I do think that makes a whole lot of sense if you have Jokic in a lineup or even if you have Will Barton in a lineup. I think Monty Morris is a little bit different. I think he can get there obviously because the price isn't nearly as high and he probably has more chance to play late into games of a blowout um, a better chance than um, the other guys for the the main studs here. So I think it'd be Draymond and, and Russell for me.
2: Yeah. I think Damian Lee is interesting too. He's 5k. He's going to get a start like the defense for Denver obviously has been really good this season, but like, we're going to see a little bit of hit in defense here. Like no Gary Harris, no Jamal Murray, no Paul Millsap. Like, you're gonna get some younger guys in here. Like that that's gonna that's gonna probably bump the pace of this game in general and like the yeah. defense a little bit. I'm um, gonna, you know, suffer a little bit here. So, you know, a team like Denver who the they're right outside the top ten in defensive efficiency this season. I think that like, you know, you see this game play a little bit faster and a little less defense. Um, because like Denver is a team overall um, that plays at the second slowest pace in the NBA. Um so you know, you would expect with facing Golden State in any way, they're getting a pace bump and then getting some of these young guys in there, they're probably going to get a pace bump here as well. So um, I like Damian Lee and I think Alec Burks is a fantastic tournament play. He's going to go back to the bench here. I would assume with Damian Lee coming back and starting uh, with Damian Lee already announced as a starter. I like Alec Burks when he's coming off the bench. He doesn't usually play the 35, you know, 32 minutes. He usually plays like the 27, 28, but his usage is just so much higher when he comes off the bench. So Um, you know, you see it. Look at the last two games without Damian Lee. Usage hasn't been great, but then you look at the games without Damian Lee where he's getting all the usage off the bench. So um I think Alec Burks, he's cheap too. Like this is the game I feel like we're gonna be looking at for a lot of our value on this slate, depending on the Orlando Magic players. Yeah, definitely. And um I think, you know, one thing to note that I didn't mention is Damian Lee.
3: He was playing, you know, thirty thirty five minutes night in and night out. So yeah, it's definitely a really good call, and the price has fallen. You know, when he was going on that tear where he, you know, I think it was Christmas Day and then a few games after Christmas, you know, a, a few big games, he was up, you know, in the mid six k range, and now he's at four nine, I think, on both sites. So, um, a five k on DraftKings, four nine at FanDuel. So, really good pricing on him. I think that's a really good call. Uh, I, I will say it's it's kind of important to watch who's starting at center here. We saw Spellman kind of trap some of us. You know, he was announced starting again in a pretty good matchup against Dallas played 27 minutes just didn't really do anything with it this is going to be kind of a mess with Spellman and, and Pascal and and Willie sign now with, especially with Marquis Chris coming back so I'm probably staying away from that so I think the top three and then Burks is kind of where I'm at I'm right there with you
2: yeah if you're playing on FanDuel it's so easy to play Giannis and Kawhi <laughs> like it's, it's ridiculous yeah. how easy it is um so you know, make sure like we talk about it all the time. Make sure you recognize the site that you're playing on. Like if you're right. playing on Yahoo, if you're playing on DraftKings, make sure that like you're taking a step back. You're looking at Lineup HQ. You're looking at you know the, you know what is what is the pricing difference in these guys. So, um, all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll switch over to some football here. Um, give me your favorite play under five K to seven X.
3: Yeah, I, I think Monty Morris would be the the easy one. So, I I guess I'll I'll note him, but I'm going to go with Dario Saric. The more I think about it, the more I kind of like that, especially if he's he's back in the starting lineup with no Oubre and no Kaminsky. I think he's got upside to play, you know, maybe 25 minutes, and I would not be surprised at all if he even plays more. So, um, I I like Dario Saric a pretty good amount, and he's really cheap on both sides.
2: Yeah, I like that one. Um, You know, Monte Morris is the easy one, but I'm with you. I think a lot of people know that, but – I'm going to go with Burks um, for all the reasons that I just said. <laughs> like, you know, this is the game that we just broke down, so I don't really need to go, like, back into it. I really do think he moves to the bench here. And, you know, the last two games, 21% usage, 23% usage. The two games before that with Damian Lee playing all those minutes and Burks coming off the bench, 31 and 28% usage. So – just have to note these kind of moves, and you know, pay attention to team bench. You know, hashtag team bench. Very much team bench right here. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. We don't have a ton of options up here today. Is there anybody standing out to you as your bust? Man, it's tough. I think I, I genuinely
3: like all of these guys up here. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jokic. I don't love it at all. It's definitely Why really taking scary. My answer, man. Sorry. I I should have known that was your answer, but I just think he is the most likely to fail primarily because of some blowout risk here. And also the price is a little bit higher on him than some of these other guys who I just really like. I like Gobert. I like Booker. I like Vooch. My answer would either be Booker or Jokic. So uh, I'm going to take Jokic.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I like a lot of these guys today. Um, The only reason I'm going to, I'm going to say this is just because I feel like if this game kind of gets ugly. He just doesn't get the run. So I'm going to say Rudy Gobert. I really like Rudy Gobert. I really like Rudy Gobert, just so you guys know. But when you're looking at these guys, like, I, I really like Ingram. I really like Vooch. Um, I really like Booker, Kawhi, Giannis. Like, I think a lot of these guys, for what it's worth, get over 5X today. You know, even Julius Randle. So you know, this is one of those questions, like, who are you least likely to play? Well, I'm probably least likely to play Rudy Gobert out of all these guys. So that's who I'm going to say. Least likely to probably play Jokic, but, you know, you already took that guy. Uh, give me your favorite 6X play today.
3: All right, so this one, it's going to be site-dependent again. On, on Fando, it's Donovan Mitchell. I think that's the easiest call I think I'll ever make. You know, he might not hit it, but at 6-6 on Fando, I just think that's way, way too cheap. Uh, and then on, on DraftKings, I'm going to go with – this one's going to be a little bit dependent on Marcus Morris. Hopefully he's out, but I'm going to go with Alfred Payton. I like him a pretty good amount. Bryce is okay. 5-5 five, five on, I think, both sides. So, I think he's a pretty strong play on both sides as well. But uh, Mitchell on FanDuel and then Alfred Payton on DraftKings.
2: Like it, like it. Um, people are going to love that one. So, you know, when I'm looking at this slate, I, I was just like, I'm struggling not to see um, a guy like Rookie Rubio go 6X here. But... The guy that I'm going to take I think is going to actually kind of surprise some people today, and it was something that we talked about earlier. I'm going to go with Kemba Walker. Um, I really like him in pace-up spots this season. I think it's something – like, I think Jalen Brown misses the game too when I'm making this call. I think you could definitely take a step back on Kemba if Jalen Brown ends up playing. But I'm going to go with Kemba Walker. You know, I was I was digging into some pace stats for him earlier before we got started, and I, I just like what I'm seeing at a pace up spots for him this season. Um, Get weird, GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to really stick to the name of this one. It's
3: definitely really weird. I'm going to go with B.J. Johnson. You know, I think he's got a chance to play maybe 24, 25 minutes in this one. As long as these guys are out, as long as Fournier's is out, as long as, you know, some of these wings are out. That's going to obviously change if some of these guys are in. But B.J. Johnson, 3K, min price on DraftKings. In Price, 3-5 uh, on FanDuel. It's really weird. It's not safe at all. But if you're trying to get a lineup maybe with Giannis and Kawhi and maybe even three top-end guys, uh, I think it's you're going to need some value. And BJ Johnson's a guy who's as cheap as, as they come. So I'm going to go with him.
2: I don't know what type of ownership we're going to see on Bobby Portis today, but he's my let's-get-weird GPP play of the day. Um, again, he's not safe um i don't like him if marcus morris plays but he's just a guy that like he's a let's get weird gpp play like he he's a definition of gpp for me but he could easily go like seven eight x here so um i really like the spot for him if he ends up playing um give me your game selection what's standing out to you today um you know tournament cash games whatever you want to look at either site yeah, so this is a, a contest that I play every single day. Um, I, I like to really stick to
3: the three max with the single entries, but I don't even – let me find the name. Okay, it's called the NBA Charge over on FanDuel. It's a three max. Um, they do weird things with the, pri- with the prizes, um, but this one, today, it's a little bit more balanced, um, pretty spread out. It's a three max, which I like to stick to, uh, especially on, on these sh- shorter slates. I feel like you know I like to primarily just do one to three lineups on smaller slates. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the $65 NBA Charge on FanDuel.
2: All right. Um, I always mix it up. I, I like three entry max tournaments as well. We did not coordinate very well on this one. We don't ever talk about this question, but, um, mine is the NBA Hot Shot over there on DraftKings. It's a three entry max three dollar tournament. Um, you know, so if you're building a strategy on three entry max, there is a strategy. Like, you're not just throwing in three random teams. If you're doing that, you're probably not making the money. Um, hey, anybody can make money. I'm just saying, consistently. Um, so when you're looking at this, you know, it pays 23% of the field. Min cash is two X first place is only 6%. Top 10 is only 23%. This is a really good structure for low bankroll players. Um, if you have the nuts, you hit the lineup that goes off. You're going to make, you're going to make $991. Cause you're going to make a thousand dollars if you finish first. So if you're putting three entries in this, maybe you're playing 10, $15 a day in tournaments. This is definitely a tournament. Like if you want to build multiple teams, you want to have. Some fun building teams and not just playing one lineup. This is definitely one of those tournaments that I would check out. Um, the Hot Shot, $3, three-entry max. We don't have no totals today, so we're going to skip that question and you know kind of switch over to football and talk about this two-game football slate where I think we have some really, really strong football games here. So, um, the first game we got, the three o'clock game, is the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a 52.5 total. Uh, Kansas City's favored by 7.5 in this game. You know, I want, I haven't done it, but I want to go back. The first game that Ryan Tannehill was going to start, I was on the podcast with Will, and I said, You guys better not sleep on Ryan Tannehill. He's a lot better than he's ever shown with the Miami Dolphins because he's never gotten a fair share. He is doing a great job of managing games, but Derrick Henry has been an absolute beast and he faces the team allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. What are you looking at here on the Tennessee Titans? Yeah. So, I mean, from
3: just a you know, purely, you know, straight up, straight up standpoint, I think Derrick Henry is in for a big game, but I think this is finally the week where everyone's on the Derrick Henry train. So the last two weeks I've been, you know, I've been pretty heavy on Derrick Henry for DFS purposes and you know, if you if you watch the Blitz show, which which I used to I was on before, you know the season kind of ran its course. But I was high on Derrick Henry in the first round of the playoffs. Had the big game against the Patriots. I think for DFS purposes, I think I'm going to flip it this week. I think I'm going to be on the passing attack: Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, Corey Davis. Obviously, Henry's going to be the workhorse here. He's probably going to see 20, 25 carries, maybe even 30 again. Um, and that's obviously going to be you know pretty productive you know Derek Henry's been a monster but I think for for contrarian purposes you know it's a two-game slate I think you want to get kind of weird I think Ryan Tannehill is pretty interesting you kind of mentioned it he's been unreal you know the highest passer rating the entire NFL he's actually the third cheapest quarterback on DraftKings this week so I kind of like Tannehill I mean I can't fault anybody for wanting to put Derrick Henry in their lineups after what he's been doing but I really like this passing attack and obviously I think going to be a game where the chiefs are, are playing from ahead so that therefore might be a little bit pass heavy for the titans
2: yeah and like honestly um it, it's tough because like when you're looking at this spot you know just in general the chiefs have been actually really good against wide receivers this season like you know so like you know i don't love it but then you look at the pricing you think of the game i usually only play like one to three lineups when we get to like um this time of the year like I don't play a ton of teams usually. Um, like my last week was last week. Like you know, playing my normal volume, yeah. I have some fun here. Build build one or two, one to three three teams on each side here. I, I probably will have a Ryan Tannehill team, and then the other two teams will probably have Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I just you know, when you're looking at it, um, you know, Smith is a little interesting as a as a cheaper tight end. I think a lot of people yeah. are going to play Kelsey or Kittle um, for good reason. You know. <laughs> Not saying not to play those guys, but um, John O. Smith, maybe you run a two-tight end team. You know, that's, that's definitely something that I did a lot last week, and it kind of worked out. Um, you know, the Chiefs side of things here, you know, Damian Williams, I'm glad he, he got the price increase. Um, you know, he was a guy that, like, I played, I think, on all but, like, four or five teams last week. Just in general, I had him everywhere. He put up a good game through the passing game. He had three touchdowns glad you got the price increase um what do you like here for Kansas City
3: yeah I actually had one of my best weeks of the NFL season in the last week I'm kind of with you that was kind of the last week where I'll really you know play my typical kind of volume or style so Damien Williams it was good to see him uh he he kind of carried those lineups last week so it was good to see him you know get in there and be the be the workhorse be the guy who's on the field on the field for every play and he's pretty good in the pass game as well which we saw him you know catch a touchdown as well so He's pretty much game script proof as long as you know they're not not going to go and throw Leshon McCoy out there or Darwin Thompson. Which after last week, I don't see why they would. So I think he's really a really strong play even at this this price increase. I'm right there with you.
2: Um, outside of him, you know Tyree Kill, he took a monster hit last week. I think like that hit was <laughs> a lot worse than like they played it off to be um, because he just did, he wasn't the same after that hit. You know, Travis Kelsey, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury and a hamstring injury. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to tough it out even if he isn't a 100%. But it's definitely some news to kind of watch here on Kelsey because you have George Kittle. Like, we have another top-end tight end on this slate. Um, is there anything else? You know, Patrick Mahomes, probably the top quarterback on the slate if you're wanting just raw points. Uh, what are you doing here with the rest of this Kansas City team?
3: Yeah, I think, obviously, Kelsey's probably the top tight end. I think I think the injury is something to at least look for. But when you're in such a dynamic offense and where he's literally the, the go-to guy in the red zone, which we saw three touchdowns, I think it was all inside the five or the ten, he's the go-to guy in a lot of their primary situations. So, obviously, you can go to Kelsey here. The one guy who, you know, he looked so bad last week, Demarcus Robinson, I, I swear I think he had like seven drops.
2: <laughs> he only actually had yeah, four he targets. Helps.
3: <laughs> but he could not catch anything, but they, don't, they do not like to take him off the field for whatever reason. Um, they didn't – I think Mikko Hardman played 17% of the snaps last week. And, you know, on, on a slate like this, two-game slate, I'm all in for trying a guy like Mikko Hardman. Um, he's a guy who can – if he's on the field for two snaps, he's a guy who can score on any given play. Obviously, that's not ideal. But in a game where – in a slate where you only got two games – hardman's someone that's interesting especially after we saw such a bad game from demarcus robinson last one so maybe hardman gets a few extra snaps not saying that this is something you should be expecting but hardman also does the the kicks and the punts so maybe he takes one back almost took one back last game so maybe he takes one back and that's six points for you just a little bit of added kind of uh i guess excitement for hardman or an added opportunity for him not like it's a problem or anything like that but it is it is the case where it could happen and you can play Sammy Watkins again in this one, another guy who is going to play, you know, the majority of the snaps only had what, two or three targets last game, but took one for I think it was like 60 yards or something like that. So you can go to any of these chiefs, really, any of them. And, you know, getting guys on the cheap end like Sammy Watkins and Michael Hardman, I think is pretty interesting, especially if um, if Tyreek Hill is banged
2: up, which he, you're right, he took a big shot. So he definitely could be. Um, moving on, we got Green Bay at San Francisco. The other game on the slate, it has a 45 total. San Francisco favored by seven and a half. Vegas likes San Francisco way more than I like San Francisco in this game. Um, I think San Francisco 49ers defense is legit. I really do, but I really feel like people are counting Aaron Rodgers out. And I feel like they've been counting Aaron Rodgers out all year. He had 26 to four touchdown interception ratio this season. Like I know, He didn't have, like, this monster, like, year, but he didn't need to. Like, he didn't have to. And, like, we see Aaron Rodgers, when he has to show up, he shows up. So, he's probably my favorite quarterback play on this slate. Um, And I I know it sounds crazy, but if if Tennessee does what they do and Derrick Henry touches the ball 30, 35 times in this game and slows that game down just enough, I could see Patrick Mahomes not doing enough for his price that Aaron Rodgers becomes the most optimal quarterback. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I just think that
3: for the Packers, they are so reliant on Aaron Jones. They use him everywhere as much as they can, really. We saw it consistently at the goal line where, you know, we used to see Aaron Rodgers sometimes run it in. We used to see him do a lot of play fakes, throwing to his tight ends and whatnot. But now I swear it's just they're giving Jones the ball three times over than the goal line. Obviously for Rodgers, it's nice having such a dynamic playmaker like Devontae Adams. You're not really worried about a matchup with Devontae Adams. So when you have a receiver like that, the matchup, the tough matchup for Rogers, isn't as uh, much of a factor. Um, I think I think I prefer the other side of this one. I think I would rather take Aaron Jones. Uh, he's actually cheaper than Damian Williams. Uh, I know it's kind of a tough matchup, but we've seen some running backs kind of get after it against these 49ers. I know Dalvin Cook struggled last week, but, I mean, these guys are going to struggle. It's a tough matchup. The 49ers are the best defense in the league. So uh, I, I do like Jones a little bit. And like I mentioned, they're just going to try to give him the ball as much as they can. Their offense is really – structured around him. He's the main guy and they're going to continue to go to him I think. So I think Aaron Jones is a pretty interesting um running back here and the price isn't anything crazy due to the tough matchup.
2: Yeah, like DeVonte Adams, it's just he's I know this is a tough matchup by like going up against San Francisco. I get it. Like I'm not going to discount the matchup whatsoever. Um like he he's already played this team once this season and they kept him I think to 40 yards, 43 yards um on 12 targets so like they obviously can shut down Devontae Adams in this game. And they'll think that if that happens, like, obviously we're going to have to pay attention to the Lazard injury. That crushed me. Like, that. he – I had so much Lazard last weekend. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to pay attention to that. But, like, if Lazard were to play, he's cheap. If Lazard were to sit, like, everybody else in the passing game is cheap too. Yeah, I think the main guy that I would like, which
3: don't love to say this at all, but it would be Jimmy Graham. You know, I was kind of surprised, but – you know, the last play of the game or the, the third down play, they went to Jimmy Graham. I you know there were a couple of big opportunities where they went to Graham um, and it seemed like every every time they needed a first down, they were looking for Adams or Jimmy Graham. So I know Jimmy Graham only had four targets, but the big plays that they that they made in the passing game, it seemed like a couple of them went to Jimmy Graham. And at that price tag, you don't really need a whole lot, especially from a tight end. And I do think it makes a lot of sense to maybe utilize a two tight end lineup this week because there's a lot of value a lot of guys who fit the value criteria that aren't really great options, but there are some pretty valuable uh, tight ends like Jimmy Graham, like Johnny Smith. So
2: maybe using two tight ends makes sense. Maybe Jimmy Graham's one of them. Um, yeah, I don't mind Jimmy Graham, but the tight end play is George Kittle. Let's go, Georgie. Um, he's dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. Like, he, he's he been dealing with an ankle injury for a while now. I know he has, like, a broken bone in his ankle or something like that. But it really hasn't, let's be honest, it really hasn't slowed him up too much. Like, they just didn't really um, need to throw a ton in the Minnesota game last week. So, let's talk San Francisco. Jimmy G is really cheap. Like, you know, we talked about Tannehill in, like, the thing about playing one of these cheaper quarterbacks is, like, you'll be able to play, like, a Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams team. You'll be able to get exposure to Kansas City however you want to. So, like, I don't hate paying down at quarterback, hoping that they just stay remotely close to Patrick Mahomes.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Um, I think the main interest for me is going to come in trying to decipher who these running backs are going to be. Oh, my so. gosh, what a headache last week. I uh, I got pretty lucky last week. Had Coleman in my main lineup, um, just trying to find some value, and I just landed on him. And now looks like Coleman right now on Lineup HQ we have projected for seventy one percent ownership on DraftKings two game slate, but seventy one percent. So yeah, I won't be playing Tevin Coleman this week. Uh, I think it's I think it's the week we uh, we go to Raheem Mostert. So I, I do the conviction plays in Lineup HQ. And I'm actually doing them again for the two game slate and for the showdown slates. And I got Mostert tagged right now. So he got 12 carries last week, 58 rushing yards. It's just really simple. The the passing game didn't go his way, and the goal line work didn't go his way. And, yeah, sure, it makes a lot of sense to say, well, why wouldn't they give it to Tevin Coleman again? But it could very easily go to Mostert. And you're kind of – in two-game slates, especially in NFL, you're kind of playing on what-ifs. And I think a what-if is what if Mostert gets those goal line carries. He's super cheap, and nobody's playing him. So I'm kind of feeling like maybe he's at 11-12 baseline touches with upside for more and maybe some goal line work. So, you know, if he gets 11-12 carries, maybe he has a really efficient day and maybe he gets seven, eight points or maybe even breaks one, adds a few catches. and Now he's looking like a really good value play. And then he sneaks into the end zone on the goal line carry. He'd be the, the play of the slate. So I'm definitely leaning Moser over Coleman. I just don't want to eat that chalk for Coleman. I know he was the guy last week, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it change up a little bit.
2: Yeah, like... I'm kind of with you here, um, especially considering ownership. Like, you know, we know what Shanahan's going to do. He's going to ride the hot hand. Coleman mm-hmm. was hot. He rode him. Yep. Okay. Like, if Mozart is a guy that gets hot this weekend, he'll ride him. And, and like, now Coleman's $1,400 more. Um, so, I, I like that call a lot. Um, he's he's really interesting. I think the other guy that's, uh, you know, semi-interesting here is Kendrick Bourne. Um, out of nowhere just came out and, you know, he was getting – high-value targets, not just targets. Um, like, he should have scored two touchdowns in that game last week. So, he's a guy that's a little interesting. I think Debo is still the number one wide receiver on this team right now outside of Kittle. Um, I don't hate taking a shot on Manny Sanders. Like, it really depends on, like, what you're going to do. What What is your lineup? What's the story of your lineup? Is your lineup telling us that this game scores more points than Kansas City, Tennessee? Um, you know, you're just going to have to, you know, tell us a tell us story with your lineup on this two-game slate. Yeah, definitely. And you kind of got to treat it like a a little bit of a showdown slate.
3: It's a two-game showdown slate, really. You got to take some chances here. That's why guys like Hardman are being mentioned, why Mostert, I think, is a good play for this, because you got to take some shots. You got to be different. There's going to be a lot of duplicated lineups. And to really have a chance to, you know, be profitable this week, I think, you got to have a unique lineup. And Kendrick Bourne is really interesting. He caught his six touchdown pass, and they were all red zone touchdowns. So it's really a pattern. He's kind of a, a main priority, it seems, in the red zone. Um, we don't really see guys like Debo or Emmanuel Sanders really be targeted like Bourne is in the in the red zone. So um, Bourne with six red zone touchdowns. That's definitely something to um, monitor and have some interest in. But, yeah, I think you can go to, to Sanders as well. I actually really like Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Um, uh, sorry if this is going to give a little bit of uh, inside information, but according to the Blitz projections, Jimmy Garoppolo is the number one point-per-dollar play. So there you go, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, insider trading for Derek Carty there. So, yeah, I'm with Cardi. I think Garoppolo's a pretty strong play. And, in turn, I like Kittle. Um, I like – you know, probably – I probably have, like, one of the uh, receivers, Bourne, or or probably Sanders, I think I would lean. And I think you can play moster with these guys. So, I think this is going to be – you know, they are the second-highest total team on the slate. So, I, I really like this 49ers offense.
2: I like this game. Um, yeah. like, like I said, I, I probably will play, like, three teams on each side, and, like, I'll mix in quarterbacks. Like – My least favorite quarterback is probably Tannehill for what it's worth, but, like, I'll probably still have a couple teams with him too. So, um, like, within the four four or five sites that I play on. So, um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up here. Uh, Any final thoughts on the football slate?
3: No, I'm just hoping that, you know, Mangone is shedding some tears after this one because I really do not want to see the Packers win. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i i'm I'm actually the opposite. I want to see Packers kansas City super Bowl like that oh, that's I what I, I really I'm rooting for Ryan Tannehill, just so everybody yeah. knows like I'm rooting for ryan Tannehill. like I really want to see Ryan Tannehill win a Super Bowl um and show Miami that like whoops um yeah, that'd be cool. But Derrick Henry, that whole team, like it, it's not just Ryan Tannehill. He's definitely had some really good bright spots. But when you can run the ball like the way that Tennessee's running the ball, it's, it's not um, extremely hard to play, you know, quarterback. So that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. We'll be back talking some more NBA for Friday's slate on the morning grind. Appreciate you all listening. Um, we'll see you guys on Friday.